Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, the Letterman Row Recruiting Podcast, the Letterman Lounge, as we're beginning to transition to call it. Uh, whatever you want to call it, we're back. It's Andrew Ellis. And for the first time, it's Matt Parker. Uh, Andrew, first of all, how are you doing? And then we'll let Matt a little bit, we'll let Matt introduce himself a little bit. I am doing just swell. Glad to have Matt on board, too. Oh, it's good to be here, guys. All right. So enough with the formalities. Uh, Let's talk Ohio State recruiting. And let's just start it off. I guess we'll get this out of the way. Uh, On Thursday, Dylan Rayola was named the number one overall player per the ESPN rankings, moving him to the number one overall spot in the 2024 rankings for the on three consensus. Guys, big deal or not? I think it's just... If it's a big deal, it's only because it solidifies just how good and how talented of a player Dylan Rayola is in the quarterback position for the 24 class, especially since he has two more seasons of high school football. Um, so, yes, it's it's a big deal only in the sense of there's still more for him to do as a high school football player, which is impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome to say that you have the number one overall recruit in your class. Personally, I – kind of forgot that he was not number one in the uh, consensus. So uh, I think that's, I think he's uh, that's a much deserved bump. So uh, good for the young man. Yeah. And he was already number one, according to on three. I don't think he's going to move according to on three. And I don't think he's going to move really at all. I think now that he's the number one in the consensus, I think you're going to see that consensus become uh, pretty solidified at the very top of that. I don't think Dylan Rayola is going anywhere anytime soon guys. So 
big deal, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, he was already named the best player in the country. I think he's the best player regardless of class. Andrew, Matt, I'm not sure where you guys stand on that, but I watched him throw at Ohio State, and I, I you know, I didn't get to see uh, much of Quinn Ewers in high school. I didn't really, I haven't gotten to see Arch Manning throw uh, at all. But, but this kid is absolutely special, and like I said, the best player in the country regardless of class, in my opinion. I just think his size. I mean, you and uh, you and me, Spencer, have talked about this before. Just his size alone is for how young he is. There's still two, three, four more years for him to grow into that. So there's no saying physically what he could be yet, which to me is just impressive with already the body of work he's displayed. Yeah, we've talked a lot about his uh, just his stature and everything, just how big he is. But I mean, like you said, Spencer, he might be the best player in the country regardless of regardless of class. Uh, I know Arch Manning has that Manning name. I don't even know if he's the best 2023 quarterback. Dante Moore has a strong case for that. He's got his commitment coming up, but I, I think if you're Ryan Day and Corey Dennis, you would take Dylan Rayola over anybody. Absolutely. So that is kind of housekeeping notes. Uh, now the, the on three consensus number one player, we just get that out of the way right away because it is a big deal for Ohio State to say that they have that in Dylan Rayola. But on to more, I guess, pressing information. Um, Jason Moore, four-star defensive end, uh, DeMatha Catholic, the – the alma mater of Chase Young, Jason Moore, now set to make his decision on Sunday night at 7 p.m. One of the quietest defensive line recruitments I can remember, Andrew, especially coming out of that visit. You and I have talked about him a little bit, but we don't really know a whole lot about Jason Moore. Um, the Buckeyes are going to be one of the finalists between Penn State, Michigan, Notre Dame, really most of the schools in the Midwest, and then obviously everybody nationally wants him because he's the top 50 player, but your thoughts on Jason Moore and the impending and the upcoming decision Sunday night at 7 p.m. Spencer, I think you know that I kind of like those old school recruitments where we really don't fully know where they're going until like kind of the last minute. And I know the buzz for Jason Moore to Ohio State started earlier this week. He's got the Sunday decision coming up. But before before earlier this week, I don't think anybody really had a good feel for where that one was headed. Um, I know um, some of the guys on our Notre Dame site felt confident. I hadn't heard much about him from the Ohio State side. So it's just kind of been one of those recruitments that sort of snuck up on you. Um, the number one player in Maryland, he's 6'6", I want to say 260. I know all of his tape is kind of as an edge rusher, but he could be kind of like that Draymond Jones, Adolphus Washington guy who could end up on the inside. Um, but after missing on Darren Reed, who committed to LSU, uh, this was a this is a nice bit of good news. And um, I think all signs are pointing to Ohio State on Sunday, but we all know these things are always subject to change. So we'll uh, we'll see how the next few days play out. Matt, Ohio State has not received a commitment since you started your job. Um, are you are, first of all, are you a bad luck charm? Second of all, Jason Moore, uh, do you like Ohio State's chances to land Jason Moore, top fifty prospect in the twenty twenty three class? Uh, just to briefly answer your first question for the fans watching, uh, I hope my employment has nothing to do with uh, the lack of commits especially since I, I was joined right after the trio of uh, you know, Brandon Innes and Noah Rogers and all of those guys to join in. So, um, But to answer the more important question, uh, it, it certainly seems like with how late uh, Buckeyes picked up steam here at the beginning of this week and now all of a sudden he's going to be making his decision, it does seem to uh, have all signs point towards the Buckeyes for Sunday, but – I mean, we won't know until Sunday at 7 p.m. rolls around. 
Yeah, and I think this could be a huge building block for Ohio State on the defensive line class. When you talk about, you know, Will Smith Jr. is kind of one of those, is he underrated, is he properly rated? You might see a ratings bump from him for him. If he has a good senior season, I won't be surprised. He really impressed me toward the back half of June with those camps with Larry Johnson. But at the same time, he was going through the same drills every day for the entire month. So maybe he was just getting used to him. Or maybe he really did get that much better as the month progressed. Now you look at a guy who's not really questioned as far as how good can he be. Jason Moore is a bona fide top 100 player, no matter who you ask and how you shake it out. And so this could be a really, really big like I said, building block, but not really even building block, like a, a big step forward for Larry Johnson to just solidify himself back on top uh, in this recruiting cycle. You know, he's not going anywhere. And uh, recruits understand what, the weight that he carries. When you when you have the opportunity to play for Larry Johnson, you take the opportunity to play for Larry Johnson. And, and, and I do believe Jason Moore will take that opportunity um, to play for Ohio State. And so I think Ohio State will pick up a win. That's not a – uh, RPM prediction. I did not put an RPM prediction in for Jason Moore because I have not talked to him and I'm not going to be dishonest with anybody and put an RPM prediction in because that's where, you know, the wind is blowing. I, I'm going to put in RPM predictions when I, you know, receive information saying that I think that this guy's going to go to Ohio state. And so I do want to be honest with people. That's why Letterman Monroe doesn't have an, an RPM prediction in for Jason Moore, but that's just, that's just the way it is with this recruitment. I haven't talked to him. And so one guy that on three has talked to, and I do have an on, on three RP, RPM prediction in four, and Andrew's favorite player of all time already hasn't even put the scarlet and gray on, hasn't signed on the dotted line, but we're going to talk about Caleb Downs again. Um, Chad Simmons had an interesting story. Chad Simmons from on three had a really interesting story just about Downs' recruitment and, and an update, and some sources he talked to says Ohio State, some say Alabama, some say Georgia. And for some reason, everyone continues to doubt that Ohio State leads here. Andrew, make sense of it. I, I mean, I just – I think Ohio State is right there at the top or battling Alabama for that top spot still. That's still my stance on it. We've heard Ohio State's battling Alabama, Ohio State's battling Georgia, and usually when your team, when you're that one constant, like it seems like Ohio State's been, that's usually a pretty good sign. Now – Obviously, he's from the SEC footprint. Um, Georgia just won a national championship. Alabama sends everybody to the NFL. Um, but I think Caleb Downs is in decision mode right now. Hopefully, here's something by the end of July. But I, I personally, I still have faith in Perry Eliano, and I still think Ohio State gets this done here in the next month. Matt? Well, I think the, the first question to ask is, when you are the one team that is the only constant in that battle – of you know Alabama or Ohio State, Georgia or Ohio State. How what is Ohio State's pitch to differentiate themselves? And we kind of saw that a little bit with the sense of um, you know Ohio State needs you. You know we definitely saw that on on Twitter and in different places like that. And I also think with Ohio State has a unique opportunity to say to Caleb Downs, you know you could be the foundational piece of bringing back those defensive backs, that, that impressive run of defensive backs that we've had go to the NFL for five years, four or five years. And to know that you could be the new face of a new generation of guys going to the NFL, I think would be a very enticing thing if I was being recruited, which I'm not. My eligibility has expired. Um, if I was being recruited, I think it would be a very enticing thing. And Andrew makes a great point by saying, you know, Ohio State has been the one constant in, in these battles of, of blue blood programs. 
Yeah. And when you look at Caleb Downs and you just think of, and you, you know, I always say it like this, you know, if he wanted to be in the Georgia class right now, he'd be in the Georgia class right now. I think this is an Ohio State Alabama battle. I think Alabama is just so difficult to defeat when it comes to defensive backs, you know, defensive backs and offensive linemen, you get into a battle with Alabama, just buckle up because you, I mean, it is going to be a dogfight with the offensive linemen, with the defensive backs. Now you're in one, um, you know, you hope that this doesn't end up like uh, the Minka Fitzpatrick recruitment did for Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, Andrew, I'm sure you remember that one very well. Um, Ohio State really did think they were going to have a Minka Fitzpatrick in the class, and then he goes to Alabama. And so uh, I personally believe Caleb Downs will still be in this class. I know the pitch from Ohio State right now, people I've talked to, is nothing more than film study. There's nothing else to show Caleb Downs. He knows where he ranks in this class for Ohio State. He knows how important he is. And now it just comes down to nailing down exactly how he will be used in Perry Eliano's secondary. And I think that is what's going to win out. You know, you can pitch NIL with, with Caleb. You can pitch, uh, you know, all different things. But the bottom line is he's going to be used in a unique and uh, decisive way in this Ohio State defense. Perry Eliano is making that very, very clear to him. And Ohio State is not going away here. And if he wants to decide in the next two months before his senior season, like all signs point toward – I'm still going to stick with my guns and what I've, what I know about this recruitment, I'm still going to take Ohio state right now. So yeah, I'm, and I think some people, you know, Caleb Downs doesn't talk to many people. So obviously we appreciate chat, what Chad has done in that recruitment. And I think some people just kind of saw the headline of him saying maybe Ohio state doesn't lead, but if you actually read the, read the content, he made it pretty clear that this one is very much up for grabs for all three programs right now. And he's, he's probably right about that, honestly. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if Caleb Downs wanted to be in the Georgia class, and I say it again, you know, I think Caleb Downs would be in the Georgia class. So Ohio State and Alabama, I, I think, are going to duke this thing out. But, you know, Georgia is Georgia. Georgia is the national champion. Georgia is probably going to go 12-0 and meet Alabama and Atlanta again in December. So, you know, we'll see where things go because Georgia obviously isn't going to just let go of the number one player in its own state. Um, speaking of staying in state, I'm, I'm starting to get better with these – uh, transitions guys and I'm going to go to a new another guy who thinks he might be staying in state that is Austin Novosad the four-star quarterback Ohio State Texas A&M Baylor the Baylor commit who committed in, in November has been shopping around if we could say that um, with Ohio State and Texas A&M just offered um, I think at this point I'm ready to say based on quotes from Sam Spiegelman with Austin Novosad, based on some intel that, that on three has gathered. I, I am starting to believe that Austin Novosad will stick with his Baylor pledge. I think leaving the state is not something as enticing to him as it might be for other people. And, and I think Dave Aranda and Baylor are building something pretty decent down there. And so I think he's going to stick with that Baylor pledge, even with that Texas A&M offer, both his parents went there. Um, but your guys' thoughts, I guess, I guess we'll just stick with the trend, Andrew, your thoughts on Austin Novosad and just, and potentially sticking with Baylor and now where Ohio state goes from here. So I think several weeks ago when we found out he was going to, uh, throw for Ohio state, visit Ohio state, try to earn an offer, that kind of thing. It just read as though he's trying to get that bigger offer and maybe look for a different landing spot. Um, I would say now, several weeks later, that I'm in agreement with you, Spencer. I, I thought if Texas A&M offered that he was going to be like an automatic flip there, to be honest, just with the family ties. But 
I tend to agree that he will stick with his Baylor commit and Ohio State's going to have to make a strong push for Brock Glenn or watch somebody else maybe blow up this fall or, or hit the transfer portal. I know they won a uh, quarterback in this class, but um, the, the options are not plentiful right now. And we just saw Penn State lost a quarterback commit to Florida. Now Penn State's going to be looking for a quarterback. There's all kinds of moving parts with this. And um, I don't know who it's going to be. I'm, I don't know. They've got to get somebody, though. Matt, when you look at this class, it could be Brock Glenn, but but he's been recruited so long by Auburn that that I kind of expect him to to go to the Plains at this point. You look at the other guys from the Elite Eleven, maybe the the Iowa State commit. I believe it's JJ Pro- Cole. JJ Cole, yes. I didn't want to get his name wrong. I wanted to say Prol, but I knew that wasn't correct. JJ Cole. Uh, maybe you, you shop there because he looks pretty impressive out there. And, and if you are Ohio State, you feel like you can win a, a battle against Iowa State. Um, does Ohio State need a quarterback in this class, Matt? Or should they just roll with Devin Brown in 22, Dylan Rayola in 24, and go portal shopping for 23? Uh, I think you should always want to have the most important position in a class, whether it's someone you're absolutely in love with or if it's someone that – uh, that 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 you just like, you know, it's okay to just have someone that that you just like. We've seen Ohio State, maybe not necessarily in the quarterback room, but we've seen Ohio State take project guys. We've seen them take development guys, and who better in the country than Ryan Day and Corey Dennis to develop a quarterback? We've seen what they've been able to do with quarterbacks. Now, granted, they have had an impressive run of guys uh, come through. We saw what Ryan Day did with uh, two years of Justin Fields. Uh, what he's doing now with C.J. Stroud and with who's behind him. But I think, yes, you want a quarterback, whether you're over the moon about one or if it's just one that you like. However, with the access to the transfer portal and how open it is and how how much fluidity there is now in college football, um, there, there are options there. There are options to look around, and I think like all good coaches should do nowadays, I think you have a responsibility to your program to – you know, maybe step off the recruiting trail from the traditional sense and look around and see who's out there as well that's looking for a new home. And I think that's where, you know, the fork in the road comes for Ohio State because from the team side, which obviously is what my focus is, even though I'm sitting on a recruiting show, it's kind of hilarious. But from the team side, you don't want to lower your standards just to take a quarterback in 23. You know, yes, you could find somebody that you like, but you don't want to just lower those standards just to say that you took a quarterback in the 2023 class because then you got a guy who's going to be there for a couple of years who you might know is never going to play. But the other side of that is you kind of need one because if CJ Stroud leaves, we've went over this on this show before, uh, if CJ Stroud leaves and Devin Brown beats Kyle McCord next year, Devin Brown might be the only quarterback on the roster. And that's a bad bad, bad position to be in if you don't take a quarterback in this class. Now, could you find a Gunner Hoke, the perfect the perfect player to be a backup? Could you find, you know, that kind of guy in this class? Or not in this class, but in the transfer portal? Maybe. But you're really risking a lot when you do that kind of thing. And so it's – to me, I, I think you have to take one, but you don't settle. And so Ohio State's in a weird position here. Uh, at quarterback, and I'm not really sure where it goes, uh, but it's going to be one thing that, that I know I'm going to be watching uh, moving forward. Uh, I guess I'm going to transition again, unless we're you guys did good with quarterback talk. We good? 
Well, yeah. I just I want to pose a question really quick, and this is just a pure honesty uh, to all the folks watching. The learning curve is, is as steep as you would think it is. But um, is that even a question for Dylan Rayola to reclassify for 23? Just to there were rumors. There were those rumors. Obviously, it every it's the hot topic issue right now. I don't. That is not in the in the cards right now, and I wouldn't want that if I was Ohio State because that speeds up his clock, and obviously that that puts him one year. You know, he's not going to win that job if he reclassifies and comes in as a true freshman against Kyle McCord or Devin Brown because he'll be too far behind. And so then you only have him for you have him for one less year, and then in twenty five you have to convince a kid to come, or you know, in twenty four you still have to go get a quarterback. I think that'd be the last thing Ohio State wants right now, and so I just I don't think that's a possibility, and I don't think that's a possibility for Dylan to do anyways. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. That would not be ideal for uh, anybody. We saw it happen. I mean, the, the lineage of quarterback didn't have to be this way, um, but it but it it kind of is this way. You don't really lose anything because you still signed Devin Brown, the number one player. But if Ohio State wouldn't have been able to land Devin Brown and Quinn Ewers reclassified in 2021, Ohio State would be in a lot more trouble right now than it, than it is. And so, yeah. What the um, record show, that wasn't me advocating. I was just asking questions. Well, and it's a good question because I'm sure a lot of people want to know that, but because he's good enough, but he probably could reclassify, but he's not going to. One guy who's also not going to reclassify, but is in the 2023 class is Mateo Uyanglele. I didn't mention this at the top of the show. Like I, you know, we went over some show topic issues and uh, he is a five-star player from Bellflower, California, St. John Bosco, um, defensive end, a do it all. Yes. The brother of DJ Uyanglele. No, he's not going to Clemson. I think this is an Ohio State-USC battle. And as of right now, according to some of the national folks at On3, Ohio State actually leads in his recruitment. Guys, are you surprised by that news? I'm not because Larry Johnson is still Ohio State's defensive line coach, and they visited the family's visited multiple times. Um, I, I know Oregon's in there too, but I feel like this is just going to be one of those slow and steady recruitments. I know he's not in any hurry to make a decision, even though he's made most of his official visits already. But um, it's hard not to like Ohio State's positioning right now. And again, Spencer, this is something that you and I have talked about. But the the long play, that's traditionally Ohio State's style in terms of recruiting defensive linemen with Larry Johnson there. It's the long play. It's the relationship building. And last I checked, it, it's, it's July. It's not, you know, December, January, February, National Signing Day. So – there's that opportunity to continue to build, continue to pitch Ohio State uh, for Mateo. And I think that would be – that's. I think it's all things are trending in the right direction. I do think there's the fear, though, because we've seen this so many times, and maybe we've seen it with Larry Johnson even, even though as good as he is. We've seen Ohio State peak too early a little bit with some defensive linemen in the past. Um, just, just some, you know, not anybody that comes right to the top of my head, but, but you've heard that term before when you talk about Ohio State and defensive players. Sometimes Ohio State just peaks too early there. You know, I thought Ohio State may have peaked too early with Carnell Tate before he in, immediately picked the – or, you know, ultimately picked the Buckeyes. I thought that maybe they had too too big of a lead and, and you know, didn't, didn't let off the gas, but also, you know, they, they thought that they had – you know, that, that recruitment under control. I don't get the sense of that with Mateo. I think this is a kid who's going to take his time. He's going to make the right decision. You know, his dad is a big part of his recruitment and so is his mom. You've got to win the parents and Ohio State's doing a great job uh, recruiting Mateo right now. Andrew, something crazy is going on with our, with our green screens. We're going to have to get that thing figured out. It's, it's driving me, me crazy around my head, but anyways, uh, yeah, Mateo, we 
is is one to watch, I would say, right now. I think this is going to be a long time until decision day, but I think Ohio State's in a pretty good spot um, for a five-star defensive end to go on top of what I think would be Jason Moore uh, at defensive end, a top 50 player. This defensive line class could be pretty special for Ohio State. It would certainly be uh, a nice trickle-down effect uh, should Jason Moore commit to Ohio State um, if he makes that decision, it'll be, okay, you're, you're part of the class. Um, now you can do some back-channel recruiting, like we see a lot of guys do, reach out to other guys and say, hey, come be part of something special. So I think we can see – I meant to address this earlier, but I think should Jason Moore commit to the Buckeyes on Sunday, that'll have a significant trickle-down effect for Larry Johnson and company. Yeah, and Spencer, you talked about Ohio State – getting uh, kind of peaking too early for some defensive linemen in the past, which I agree that's happened. But over the last couple cycles, I mean, you know, JT Tuimaloa was a way late decision. And then you had last class, Amari Abor and Hero Canoe were both guys that they stayed on top of and ended up landing late in the process. So um, we, you I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, you got to hope this uh, Mateo recruitment ends up like some of those other ones and we'll see. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, if, if there's anything else to discuss with the Ohio State recruiting scene, uh, we, we can kind of get into that a little bit. Uh, the next show, I did want to touch right before we get out of here. I know this is going to be a quick show, but we did want to get some info out there and get some things on, on uh, you know, onto YouTube for, for the folks that, that watch us. Uh, Caleb, not Caleb Downs, uh, Troy Bowles is going to announce his commitment on July 16th, guys. Um a four-star linebacker who camped without Washington last June, took an official visit to Jim Knowles this June, uh, was pretty high on Ohio State last year. I think the staff shakeup didn't really have as much of an effect as you would have thought. Uh, Ohio State was able to, to continue to, to keep the flame going in that relationship uh, and, and keep that thing pretty healthy despite the coaching turnover on the defensive side. He's going to announce July 16th. As of right now, we will play one man in or out because we didn't mention him in in or out last last time. He will announce next weekend in or out Troy Bowles. Andrew, go. I say out. I think he's going to Georgia, but I think it's still close. I don't think Georgia has a commanding lead, so still a glimmer of hope there, I think. I will also go out. You like the late visit to Ohio State in June, but like Andrew mentioned, uh, I mean, Florida, he's a Florida native, Georgia's next door, kind of knows the SEC, knows a lot of things down south. Um, there is that glimmer of hope, but I'm going to say out. I will also say out. I think Kirby Smart has done a fantastic job pitching the NFL to an NFL dad. And, you know, Todd is, is a head coach. He's a really smart guy. He's a great defensive mind. Kirby Smart is a great defensive mind. I'm not saying that Ohio State doesn't have great minds on its staff, but uh, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes Georgia just wins recruitments, and, and that's just what happens in Athens. And so uh, I do think this is going to go Georgia, but uh, I don't think it's completely over. I think Ohio State can, could make maybe one final pitch, uh, but I do think next week when he commits, he will commit to Georgia, four-star linebacker, Troy Bulls from Jesuit in Tampa, Florida. Um, guys, that is where we can cut out for the night. I know that this was an abbreviated show. I know the folks like the longer shows, but uh, 
yeah, I think 25 minutes during the dead period is a pretty good place to stop. There was going to be plenty more fireworks. I, I, I know the, the potential booms are coming on the recruiting trail for Ohio State, and we'll be here to cover them at Letterman Row. We'll be here to cover them on the Letterman Lounge podcast, and we will be here on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, the On3 message board, the Letterman Lounge, is just a great time, guys. I, I want to mention just how great of a time we have over there. We do, we've do we done two uh, chat hangouts this week in the middle of the day. We're going to start doing those in the evening a little more for the people who can't get on while they're at work, um, which if you're not getting on while you're at work, I think you should probably do that because there's no better place to be during your work day than here not doing work, you know. Uh, but, yeah, make sure to join us. Subscribe to the site. Subscribe to YouTube. Uh, LettermanRoad.com. Thank you for watching, and we will see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.